This is Coffee with Kelly, a dynamic podcast that's dedicated to driving positive change in school safety. I'm your host, Ethan Woodman, Product Marketing Specialist for Crisis Go, and I'm joined by my esteemed colleague, Kelly Moore, Senior School Safety Specialist for Crisis Go. Our mission is to empower you with essential knowledge, tools, and inspiration required to foster a safer and more secure school environment. We hope this podcast will be the catalyst for transformation in your schools. Join us as we continue to dive into the world of school safety. Good afternoon, Kelly and Andy. Mr. Andrew Arnold from the I Love You Guys Foundation. How are you doing today, Andy? I'm excellent. To say I'm honored to be working with you guys again and seeing some old friends from Crisis Go would be a a vast understatement. However, (laughs) Ethan, I do have a confession. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's uh, so you guys know I'm an avid follower of this podcast, the Coffee with Kelly podcast. Huge fan. I mean, you say that you are. I don't really know that you are, but and we have no proof of that. Well, I think we debunked that last time when we conducted basically debriefs of almost every episode. But that's true. You did make a comment that you would only know if you would actually listen to the podcast. So I do remember that. That's right. So yeah. I am an avid listener of the podcast. I I draw a tremendous amount of value out of this. However, as you both know, uh, things have been a little exciting in our personal lives lately. So I'm behind. So I actually this would be exciting today because I don't know what you and Kelly have been talking about recently what was the last thing you remember uh december 12th christmas i was gonna say (laughs) yeah christmas Christmas. do you you know your name do you know where you Uh, live (laughs) yeah i will have to explain we did a podcast with andy back in november ish it was early december something like that and with the holidays and all the craziness that's been going on, we decided to use video and do podcasts with videos. And we hadn't had time to edit that podcast that we did with Andy. And so we decided that we would redo that one because now we have video and we thought it would be much better um, if we did that than just edit the first one and, and work through it. But in that time, uh, I think it's safe to say that we've become pretty good friends since then. And and so we're, we're super excited and we, we think this one's going to be much better. Not that the, the first one was bad, but this one's going to be better. Absolutely. And we all look like we're loosely related. I just noticed that like, well, a bunch <laughs> of bald men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, Andy, I got to ask, what is up with all the patches? Our audience oh. is going to want to know, for those who don't know what it is. If uh, if you're not familiar, I believe you're familiar with uh, this part of the backstory, Ethan, but you know, prior to working with I Love You Guys, uh, I, I actually was a professional educator for a couple of years, from 1999 to 2003. I, I taught in the school district in southern Wisconsin, uh, but I left and got into law enforcement. I think uh, Kelly would maybe back me up on this. In the beginning, uh, you have that kind of like, I can't believe they pay me to do this job. And and you really get in, you you want to help a lot of people. Well, it, towards the end, uh, things shift a little bit. And the focus really 
I think the most rewarding part of that career had always been the relationships uh, that I've developed with with other officers across the country at, at trainings or different incidents or connection that you make. And so within the law enforcement community, it's tends to be kind of a, uh, a gift uh, that's passed on back and forth is to exchange a patch or a, ca- a challenge coin. And uh, it's, it's quite an honor that I don't take lightly to get one. And, and so I don't necessarily miss the job anymore per se, but I tremendously miss the relationships and those patch boards behind me are uh, representative of all the good people I, I cross paths with during law enforcement or, or contracting in Afghanistan. And I'm very proud of them. Very proud nice. of them. Very cool. Waiting for one from Kelly. You'll get one. Sooner than later. You'll get one. That's, that's good. <laughs> You'll get one. Yeah. I want one. <laughs> You'll get one. So what are we talking about today, Ethan? So we are talking about standardization. And so this is kind of... This is the whole, I love you guys. Um, so since this is, even though this is our second podcast, I think Andy should kind of give us a little bit about who he is and what he does currently. Well, I'd be happy to. Uh, So as aforementioned, uh, I had been in law enforcement and put about 19 years in there, took a little bit of a break uh, for some some work overseas. Uh, But when I came back, uh, I had intersected with the I Love You Guys Foundation in 2010 in Milwaukee at a SWAT conference. Uh, And I saw... A.J. DeAndrea present. He had a presentation called Tactical Decision-Making and Its Consequences or some something to that effect. And within that, he did a debrief of Platte Canyon incident. And uh, boy, it just, it just resonated with me. So I had been uh, an avid follower of the foundation for quite some time. And uh, it just so happened an opportunity presented itself to start working as an adjunct in late uh, 2022. And so I started doing that. And I'm sorry, in mid 2022, and then late 2022, I went full time with the foundation. So my particular role in the foundation right now, uh, we all wear many, many hats, uh, but my primary role is an instructor explorer. And we do get a lot of questions, Kelly. People are like, boy, what's a, what's an instructor explorer? So uh, my job is to go facilitate in-person or remote trainings for organizations that are interested in our programs. Uh, We try very very hard to live up to the standard that we don't provide a training, we provide an experience. And then the other half of my job is being that explorer. And it's kind of like being that dandelion seed that blows all over the country and sees what everybody else is doing and latching on to good ideas and maybe evaluating ideas sometimes that in hindsight weren't so good and and just kind of debriefing that and being an avid student. Yeah, we appreciate that. We appreciate all the work you guys do. Obviously, uh, Crisis Go and and me specifically are big, big fans of I Love You Guys. As I've said before, but I'll say again, I started, was introduced in 2015 when we crossed paths at the Alert Conference in Texas, where I saw John Michael speak. And we had some occasions, actually several occasions to reintroduce ourselves as we went went on. And I'm a huge fan of the foundation and what they do. And this is really, you know, the center for our conversation today is the standardization of procedures, protocols, and things that our schools and our businesses, our higher education and so forth are doing. And it starts with the understanding that if people understand 
from a standardized level what they need to do in a given situation, then we're so much more ahead of that curve, right? That and as long as we're we understand what we can do and should do, then we're ahead of that curve. So, and give us a little bit about what it is that you know is the foundational platform for the I love you guys. Well, there's actually several good answers to that question, but I, I will tell you probably the best answer would be this. You know, we offer two really key flagship programs that I'm sure we'll we'll address at some point. Uh, but both of those programs are founded on the cornerstone of what all standardization is formed on, and that's communicating, and you have to communicate with a common language. So the roots of everything that's been successful in the doctrine we kind of push out is you have to have a common language. You absolutely have to. And, and if you go, and, and Kelly, we've talked about this in the past, formally and informally, and You've lived it in your career, and, and Ethan, you really have eyes on now in this particular role, being exposed to a lot of these different things. It doesn't matter if you're an educator, emergency manager, or a, a firefighter, EMS, law enforcement, a medical facility worker. It, when you ask people what their operational challenges were after an incident, it almost always boils down to communication somehow, whether a physical challenge like, ah, the radios didn't work very well in this case, but a lot of times it's just language. Uh, understanding that, uh, that, that language model, receiving right. the message and closing that loop. So you can be a little bit more effective. Yeah. So, you know, Ethan knows we've talked about this many times. What's the number one opportunity for improvement during and after action review? It's communication, communication, communication every time. 100%. And it goes to not just common language, but understanding what people need at any given time. And it also goes to the simplicity of sometimes I have 15 seconds to tell somebody what I want them to do. And can I do that? And when when you talk about common language in your vernacular, the common lexicon, right? And when we talk about that, it's more than just setting out the procedures of locks lights out of sight in a lockdown. What do you need to do in a lockdown? Well, you need to locks lights out of sight. And that's something that can be easily memorized, easily understood, and with the proper training and the continuing reinforcement of that language, it's so much easier as an emergency manager or operations manager to say lockdown. That took me a nanosecond to say. And if I'm confident that everyone knows that and understands that language, I don't have to work through that with everyone. Absolutely. I would say it. it uh, what you're doing is you're, you're eliminating cognitive overload to the best of your ability. So as we are impacted by whatever particular crisis is in front of us, that clear, common language that's concise, simple, and easily understood is just one less task for your brain to have to, to deal with. Right. And so a hundred percent, and I, I'm sure Kelly, you've experienced that you've had, you've had quite a storied career, uh, and some very real world boots on the ground experiences. And you maybe experienced some of this during, during your yeah, experience. Yeah, of course. And, and that's what really set me on this journey, this pathway to where I am today is in the incidences that I was part of and managed it 
never fails that I have a short time to tell somebody and I shouldn't have to, you know, sit there for a half hour explaining what I need. I don't have time to do that in those, in those situations. And that's why it's important for people to become involved in that process is because when I say lockdown or shelter or secure or hold, you know what that means? Because we've talked about this before. There are two primary things that people need during an emergency. They want to know what's happening yes. and what you want them to do. And I always tell people that's the way they want it, but really it should be reversed. What we want them to do is more important than what is actually happening to them, right? And so what we need to do is say, lockdown. And when we get time in, you know, five, 10 minutes, because as managers and as operations uh, people, we now have everyone moving to a protective action, the SRPs, in this case, the standard response protocols, and they know what they're supposed to do. When I get time five or so minutes down the road, once I get my hands wrapped around the incident, then I can now say, we have a report of an active shooter, or we have an earthquake, or we have a tornado headed this way. So now they understand and they get the information they need. But it, to me, it's more important to take those actions than it is to understand what's happening. I can get that information later. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And as, as you're talking, Kelly, I was just thinking a little bit, a couple thoughts popped to mind. One of which is, and you, you probably recall from your law enforcement career, I'm sure you do, that uh, there's the terminology of command and control, right? When we talk mm-hmm. about managing a lot of these incidents and uh, some of the guys that I was fortunate enough to serve with on the tactical unit that I have a tremendous amount of respect for, uh, they've probably forgotten more about tactics than I'll ever know, uh, really pointed out a good thing out of that. They say, listen, we talk about command and control, but really it boils down to just command because a lot of those things are out of your control. You're, you're putting that out there in good faith that when, you, when you've said lockdown, when you've said uh, we're going to secure, that, that people have that contextual understanding of exactly what that looks like because you actually don't physically control what their action is. You're just giving the edict out. This is the action that we are going to put into play. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's a good point is just because I communicated it to you doesn't mean you understand it. Right. Or that your brain's letting it, letting yourself process, Oh, this is what I need to do. But that's why the uh, repetitive nature of drills and things like that go hand in hand with the, the communication, the, the common lexicon, because as you know, from, especially from your tactical side, what happens during an emergency, what do we always revert back to? Oh, this this is an easy one. This is one we, we talk about in training a lot of time. It's it's the misnomer of rising to the occasion because that's a fallacy. Right. Nobody ever rises to the occasion. You will always, always fall back on your level of training and experience. That's correct. That, that's right? science. Yeah, that's absolutely. Your brain cannot process fast enough what is happening to you if you haven't been trained and you haven't experience that. And, you know, we can't put you into these types of situations on a regular basis, but we can make you think about it. We can make you work through some of these problems. And what we're doing is the emergency preparedness side of, or version of 
Tai Chi, right? Yes. It's slow-mo karate. We're taking it under conditions that are completely, for the most part, controllable. And we're teaching you what to do and giving you experience and knowledge. And if you're really going to be engaged, you're asking questions. Why am I doing this? What is this? Is it better if I do this? And then we can have that discussion to increase your knowledge, your experience, and what what have you. We have a, a couple catchphrases. I, I reference these quite a bit. Presentations, Kelly, is, is exactly this. Is have you, have you ever heard the phrase, the body won't go where the mind hasn't been? Yep. And that that's really something that I embrace. That that uh, is a cornerstone of FTO because uh, field training programs for young mm-hmm. police officers. Because there's no way you can physically replicate every. All the situations are are the same and similar, but they're all individual, like a fingerprint. Each has mm-hmm. different parts of its uh, environment, right? And you'll have different bits of your your uh, intelligence or info, your knowledge about that incident that are available to you, and they will all make them individual. So. It boils down to your body won't go where the mind hasn't been, which produces a condition where uh, if you've if you've heard this before, you're trying to build the plane in flight. And that is a very inefficient way to do things. Under stress, it's very difficult to formulate a plan of action, even more difficult to formulate a proper course of action while you're under the physiological effects of stress of crisis. Right, right. And we, we call that stress inoculation, right? And working through through that and you know I, w- I want to acknowledge that Ethan just isn't a, a pretty face sitting on the on this um, that's debatable right <laughs> he, he, he's our eye candy <laughs> um, but does this yeah, make sense it's to your you, face Ethan? that I'm wearing on my shirt so I don't know well if you let your hair grow out, it might be your face. <laughs> if I could, I would. <laughs> right. Does oh, it man. does that make sort of sense to you and what we're talking about and and how it all plays out? Does it make sense to me? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it obviously makes way more sense to me now after being here for over a year. If you were to talk about all this stuff, like right SRPs and all that, like, you're going to be like, what, what do you, what is that? You know? Yeah. But now after going through it and, you know, going to one of these, um, I love you guys briefings and understanding what they're all about and how it applies to schools. It's like, all right, this, this makes sense. One question I have, I want to interject here. I, I might know the answer, but I just want to ask in case it's a question that our audience is thinking of, you know, obviously communication is really important for the internal school, right? So it's important that everyone's on the same page. So why is it that all schools should be operating under the same process or be standardized and that kind of communication? What's what's the benefit there? I'll let Andy tackle that one first. Well, absolutely. Uh, Ethan, are, you've sat through some of our presentations. Uh, do you recall kind of like the the originating point of kind of the whole incident command process? Do you remember those slides when we talk about where where did some of this stuff come from? It's it's cool if you don't. It's it's been a little bit, I know. I can't I can't remember specifically. No. So the nineteen seventies California wildfires, right? There was there was a a very key concept they they stumbled on because one department, one agency, that was way too much for one. So it required a a large response from multiple entities, right? And what fire did really well is they recognized that if we are all speaking the same language and we have the same training. The patch on your shoulder doesn't matter. It's a force multiplier. Mm. 
And so a lot of times, whether you're a higher ed facility or a school district or maybe a private entity or municipality that uses some of these standardized things, because this is a two-pronged answer, Ethan, two-pronged answer. Different organizations have different resources as compared to others. Sure. And sometimes yeah. I think that we overestimate our capacity to respond to crisis within our own level of resources. I have certainly lived through that portion of it too. I, I think we have enough. And then suddenly you find out that you don't. And whether you ask for them or not, a lot of times in crisis, there's going to be people lending a hand. It's exponentially more difficult if you speak a different language. Okay. Mm. Uh, particularly the inverse of that is it's exponentially a force multiplier. If I can pull, if I'm a school and I've had a school violence, because, you know, Kelly, just to, to go down the side path real quick. One of the things I love about this podcast is we, we talk a lot about the active assailant scenario. Mm-hmm. We do. But what you guys do so well and why I really enjoy this partnership is we recognize that school safety is so much more than active assailant, right? Uh, so just to digress half a second, in law enforcement, the statistical percentage of officers that are involved in officer-involved shootings is extremely, extremely low. Like it, the, Like that is not a common occurrence in in a officer's career if it ever happens at all the vast majority of police officers will go an entire career never be in that situation okay but they train for it rigorously because it is a a low frequency high liability situation conversely they write thousands of reports in a career so you would think that you would want to shift your your training to that because some of those some of those reports could use some help, correct? But there's less of an emphasis on that and more on the low frequency, high liability type activity. So the reason I bring that up here is when we talk about school safety, I feel like we get very siloed sometimes on that active assailant. But man, crisis comes in in so many different forms, Ethan. So if I have an event in my organization that supersedes my capacity to handle, if we're all speaking the same language, let alone Let's remember that you're going to have first responders coming and maybe they speak a different language or don't understand your language, right? But maybe my neighbor can help me out a little bit. Now, we're starting to see geographically like countywide reunification teams for school districts uh, that are like, hey, listen, let's all pitch in. And then if the day happens, whatever school is impacted, that school can focus on doing that stuff and their teachers can be parents, but we can help out. But the cornerstone is you you got to speak the same language. Yeah, I agree. And I appreciate you bringing that up because I will say that the vast majority of law enforcement agencies, with the exception of a very small percentage of law enforcement agencies, even state and federal agencies, do not have the capacity to address a single large-scale incident by themselves. So understanding that and that you are going to need help, and we know, even with school police departments, we know that they're going to need help. So when we start talking about, and I use this example, and and I pushed this very hard in California when I was at the school district in, in California, is having the same language, the same protocols because of this factor alone, and it certainly doesn't apply to every region in the United States, but to most of them, is in our county, 
there were five law enforcement primary response agencies. There were 20 districts with 108 buildings. And if you want law enforcement and the fire departments to understand what it is that you are doing, wouldn't it be better if we were all talking the same language? If we were all talking and doing the same thing under the basic circumstances, you know, set of circumstances, depending on what it is, right? And if I said I'm in a secure, now every agency in the in the entire county understands that. And of course, you're going to have some state agencies that that come in play, and now they're going to start talking about it and so forth. But understanding that when I say we're in a secure or a shelter, they understand exactly what that means. And that takes that bit of their operation. At, they can check that off as done because they understand what that is and they know what it is. And when I first arrive at a scene or an incident, it, in any case, I have to put my hands around it and I have to understand what's going on. And I have to know the status of the situation that's going on. So um, from that perspective, I need to uh, start checking off boxes. Oh, is this, I hear this, I see this, I uh, being told this, I see people acting this way. And now that uh, gives me an idea what's going on. But then I have to say, okay, what do I want people to do? But if I already know they're going into some sort of one of the protocols, then I get that. And here's what I think a lot of our schools don't recognize or fail to recognize. And that is, we're not only training our kids what to do in a school setting. 100%. We are training our kids to protect themselves no matter where they're at. We do that incrementally, just like we educate them from kindergarten all the way to the point where they, they graduate and even into college and so forth. If they understand the standard response protocols and the standard reunification method and, and what have you, then that's applicable no matter where they're at. And the best way to describe that is through standardization. Not only that, within every district, I don't care how big or how small, your kids are going to move from one building to another or from one grade to the next, even if they're in the same building. And you don't want to be teaching them different stuff at different schools. You, If they transfer one, one school to another, they need to know what's going on. And that's the same with your staff. You know, over a 20-year career in education, the chances of your staff starting at one building and ending their career in that building is very small. Not to mention substitute teachers, itinerant workers, uh, district staff. It just makes so much sense. When I went into the district I was at, they had 20 buildings with essentially 20 different plans and protocols. So the one of the first things I did was I brought, I love you guys in for that purpose. Man, uh, Kelly, if you don't mind me just touching on a few things there, because boy, you just drilled a bunch of nails right on the head. But <laughs> this is kind of that second prong of that answer, Ethan. But But real quick, on the chance that there's somebody tuned in uh, from your audience that isn't necessarily familiar with this, uh, and we won't deep dive this unless you feel it's appropriate, because I just want to touch on it before I get where I'm going here. Uh, 
But the actions we're referring to are the five actions of the standard response protocol. Um, we give all our materials away at no cost at all at, our, at iloveyouguys.org. And I just want to spell it out. It's I-L-O-V-E letter U G-U-I-S dot org. And you got to spell that because, boy, you could put the wrong thing in. You could have a different experience, right? So <laughs> when we talk about those five actions, if you were to go to iloveyouguys.org and look at SRP, Standard Response Protocol, it's the five actions, hold, secure, lockdown, evacuate, and shelter. The whole premise behind that is whatever crisis is within your organization, whatever the is 108, 124, whatever things FEMA says, these are the, this is what you need to have an EOP for these particular events. All those events can be mitigated to a positive outcome or as possible, positive as possible by one or more than one, a combination of, of those five actions. Okay. So that being said, we'll get to that second prong to reinforce what Kelly said. If you were to also go to, I love you guys.org, you would notice, uh, because we're absolutely 100% born and and still primarily operating in the K-12 safety space, you'll also notice you're like, wow, uh, they offer programs for higher ed. They offer programs for businesses. They offer programs for the municipalities. The SRP works. They have, they have um, resources for all those different environments. Well, Kelly, that is exactly the effect, the cause and effect of what you're talking about. So, in Colorado, where this started gaining a lot of traction, uh, where the foundation was born with the Keys family, two of the best human beings that you'll ever have a chance to interact with, as it took off, those kids in those elementary schools went to high school. And after they went to high school, they graduated and they went to tech colleges, junior colleges and universities. And it wasn't long before there was a call for, hey, this can work here. You know, do you guys have materials for a higher ed thing? Because they were getting, getting the student base that had gone through that. Well, what happens after your tech college, junior college, or university experience? You graduate and you go out into the workforce. So suddenly there is a need for materials that we tweak the language just a little bit, you know, and you don't have students and teachers. You might have employees and visitors. But at the end of the day, those individuals went out into the workforce. And those principles are applicable in every single one of those environments. And it's because it's standardized. If, if you look at a state like Nebraska, we have good, good friends down in Nebraska, great relationship with them. And, and they'll say that, listen, there is such a small percentage of our schools that are not using SRP, such a, a very small percent, that it's, it's difficult for those students and staff, if they're in another facility for an athletic event or a competition or whatever, that they're the group that doesn't understand the common language. Mm, right. And that's, that's a, a bit of a pickle, right? Right. And we're talking about parents as well. Right. hundred percent. And understanding that. And that's, that's where, you know, for me, this is such a valuable tool process organization for us to be associated with because it drives all of this in a manner in which we can jump on board and help with that. And that's why when I came, when I went to the school district, I brought them the, the foundation on board. And then when I went to crisis go i said this is something we needed to do and they, they had already had some conversations don't get me wrong i wasn't the first one to think of it but bringing that partnership together has been i think valuable to both of us i think um and so yeah i i look forward to expanding what you guys are doing and expanding what we're and seeing how we can help each other because this is an evolutionary process we're always looking at other things uh, because uh, neither one of us have the 
complete answer to things. And so I look forward to that. Before we we move on to saying goodbyes and passing out uh, virtual hugs um, to each other. Is it that time already? It, it's it close. Can't, it can't possibly it, be. It, it, it's close. I got a notice in there. I want to say newsletter, but it could have just been something with your face on it. Um, so sorry. (laughs) Look at this one. Um, Right. Um, I've grown up with this one all my life. Um, But um, you've had a beard your whole life. Awkward in kindergarten. Whoa. Um, The the dinosaur chicken nugget (laughs) breading gets stuck in the. (laughs) The dino nuggets. (laughs) Um, But. I think I saw something about something new that you guys are doing, and that's that fireside chat. It's the uh, uh, the campfire chats, yeah. Uh, oh, so, campfire, yeah. yeah. Um, the, super cool concept, and I can kind of give you the overview of it, and then tell you when the next one is. I, yep. The first one was very very cool. So, if you've seen us live, you know that we refer to this campfire theory quite a bit. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a, a theory within the presenting world and and public speaking. But we understand that when we are doing that, people give us the gift of our of their time and attention, right? And it's more like a, a, a just a chat around the campfire. Well, we we kind of try to maintain that standard. So, as the foundation, um, we're very grateful for the amount of growth we've experienced. Um, you know, we we try to be uh, incredibly up to date on, on things. We try to evolve because you, you touched on it too. Things are, are ever evolving. You never get perfection because there's always, it's always the cat and mouse game with crisis. But at the end of the day, uh, it got to the point where we started talking, you know, maybe it makes sense. We'd been approached at the briefings a couple of times. It's sometimes uh, I think this one came from one of our friends down in Temecula, California. And she said, man, you guys should do a podcast too. You know, there, there's a lot of people that are interested in your programs that kind of keep tabs on you through social media. So that idea got kind of kicked around and John Michael being very John Michael, which I, I love. He said, uh, you know, I don't necessarily want to do a podcast. I, I'd almost like to do it. Like we have office hours uh, where you can just check in. And that was kind of the foundation of uh, the campfire talks is, is it's just a common block of time. Uh, it's the next one's coming up Monday uh, on the, what is that? The 12th, 12th. Monday, the 12th. And it'll of be February. Of, of February. yes, of, of February. Thank you. Um, depending on what day this airs, you missed yeah. it. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, well, it, it uh, 11 o'clock mountain time. So noon central one Eastern, and you can just log on. There's no fee. You can ask anybody that, you know, most people that are available are going to be logged on from the foundation. We'll all just be hanging around like we're toasting marshmallows by a campfire and chatting school safety stuff. Awesome. Will there, will there actually be a fire? Like a campfire, uh, lots of individual fires, Ethan. It's 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 like life. It's a metaphor for life. <laughs> we'll all be dealing with our individual fires. Oh, so, you, okay. so you guys, you guys are joking, but they sell this little tabletop campfire stove that you can make s'mores with. Wow, it's That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, it doesn't sound like yeah. a fire hazard at all. No, but it's cool. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, if a fire every, happens, use one of these five actions and you'll be good. <laughs> right. Well, uh, every Lots cool thing comes with some sort of risk, right? That's right. <laughs> this will likely air after that. Uh, but I wanted you to get the concept out there um, because I, I think this is just, as we've stated, and this is why I love, I love you guys, why I love Crisis Go is 
the priority is safety. And the more discussions we can have around safety and, and, and frankly, if we're talking school safety, we're going to get into areas that are uncomfortable for people. And I think that's part of that process. There are, there's a lot of misunderstanding of an anxiety that's been created by other discussions and uh, even some of our discussions and people are, are, they just want somebody where they can ask a question and to get some understanding and get some, an opinion and kind of move forward. And I think this is a great idea for, for the, the foundation. We would love people to ask questions on our podcast. We're not live though. So that's can prove to be a little bit difficult, but if you have suggestions, comments, topics that you want us to cover, we'd be happy to do that. We've started a new format for our podcast and that's something we're going to start the podcast off with a news topic, something that's been in the news recently and discuss that, give it five, oh, 10 cool. minutes. Yeah. Um, then we're going to have the body or something that we've talked about, wrote about, you know, you know, the body of the, of that particular podcast. And then Ethan, the little Aww. creative devil yeah. is going to ask me a burning question and it's going to be completely off the cuff and a burning question that he thinks people might have and get my natural response to that. Um, so I love it. And then we'll, we'll end the podcast. But I think that moving forward, I think especially with multiple avenues of getting good information and having those discussions, I, I think, like I, like I told you, I'm going to tune in uh, and see how it goes, you know, see what it's like. I think that's a, a fantastic idea. And, and I hope you guys success with that. Thank you. Yeah. Please do stop by. I, I, I gotta tell you, um, I'll need 90 more seconds of your time yep. if you're getting ready to kick me off. Uh, nope. <laughs> I, I will I, tell you this, first of all, love the video format and uh, thank you for your kind words, Kelly. But I, I, you know, we have a lot of mission partners. I had always, I had done before interacting with you guys, I had done a two day reunification exercise with crisis go support down in Florida. And it was, it was a tremendously positive experience. Uh, to me, I really saw the tremendous amount of value of the relationship between our organizations uh, so always, always been a fan. Right. And then, then we interacted mm -hmm. and then beyond interacting in our, our first whack at this, uh, which side note the so much cooler with video, um, <laughs> it, it, it is, it's just fun, you know, uh, to you us. Know, yeah. Anyway. To us. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> like, God, stop talking and turn the camera off. Uh, <laughs> I will tell you this. And, and I, I talk about this quite a bit when I'm out and about making contacts, this is a tremendous resource. I'm a huge coffee with Kelly fan. Uh, that, that is not lip service. I'm, I don't get a set of crisis go steak knives for saying that or anything. Uh, we have, we have a lot of great <laughs> partnerships with great people that our missions line up together, but I find this as a personal tremendous resource for me, uh, because as you know, we are all avid students and I, I think that you never get to where you want to be in school safety. It's like fitness or, or financial. You're constantly chasing perfection, knowing you can't ever get there. Right. Which mm -hmm. leads me to my closing comments, because one thing that I do recall from the very first podcast that we did, first of all, I appreciate you both. It is even more true now than the first time I said it. So next time I see you both, I need to give you a coffee bean. And I don't know if you recall the story of the coffee bean, and it's not my story. 
It's, it's not my story, but I'll give you the abridged version because I see you both as coffee beans uh, trying to be change agents for environment. Okay. So if you're not familiar with the story of the coffee bean, high stress situations, crisis, life in general can be like a pot of boiling water, right? This comes from Damon West. He's an author. I'm, I'm not stealing material. This is where I heard it. It's so cool. It's such a cool uh, metaphor. And I'm going to give you three things to put into that boiling pot of water. The very first one I'm going to give you is a carrot. Ethan, what happens when you throw a carrot in a pot of boiling water? It gets soggy and not, yeah, it's very squishy. Yes. You change the carrot. <laughs> you do. You change the carrot. That's the proper answer. <laughs> and and you're going to come into contact with people like that in your organizations, right? People that are, you know, I'm going to do this. Mm. I'm going to do that. I'm a hard charger. I'm high energy, blah, blah, blah. But under pressure, they just kind of turn gooey. Uh, they, they don't They don't stick it out, right? They're soft. I'm going to give you an egg now, Ethan. Put the egg in the boiling water. What happens to the egg? It also changes. <laughs> it does also change. The, 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 the egg is hard on the outside, but it's kind of gooey on the inside. And that, that's just your regular good person, right? Uh, but under mm. pressure, under that tremendous amount of heat and stress, that can harden people. And when you deal with crisis and you deal with these high pressure situations, it, it, it has effects. And sometimes it changes people. We become jaded. Maybe the glass is a little half empty, a little bit more half empty than it was half full. And you wind mm-hmm. up sometimes becoming part of the problem, not part of the solution. Okay. But Ethan, what happens when you throw a coffee bean in a pot of boiling water? Some wonderful magic happens. It turns to coffee, <laughs> right? And how appropriate to be talking about this on Coffee with Kelly, because the coffee bean is the change agent. It changes its environment around uh, around it. And I see you guys as as two hard-charging people out there doing everything you can to change the environment to be better for everyone. And make no mistake, we are in a boiling pot of water right now on multiple levels, on multiple issues. And oh, yeah. so I appreciate you guys uh, more than I can ever probably put into words. So thank you for everything you do. We appreciate you and all you do. And oh yeah, I will not be ashamed to say this. If you're going to give me a coffee bean... I like mine covered in coffee and chocolate. <laughs> I can make an exception for you, Kelly. I, I tell you what, you guys are something else. I, I can't wait to shake your hands again. I really can't. Thank you so much we, for having we me We are on. looking forward to it. Are you going to be at the briefings? Let's talk about the briefings real quick in April. Those are coming up. Yeah. So the 16th and 17th, I believe, right? Yeah, I believe you're correct on the dates. And the reason I say I believe is uh, we're, we're shifting a little model right now. It's, it's kind of in the busy season, right? This, this iteration of briefings is kind of coming, um, you know, to, for lack of a better term, Christmas season starts kind of at the end of the spring throughout the summer for, for training. Uh, so we're going to have uh, all, you know, necessary staff there that's going to facilitate the briefings, uh, the regional briefings. If you've ever had the opportunity to go to the Denver briefings, and I know you, you have, Kelly, uh, it's very special. It's, it, there, you, you can't you can't deny the electricity and the vibe in the air just from being in an area that has experienced uh, so much uh, crisis in the birthplace of the foundation and, and Platte Canyon and Columbine and, and STEM and Youth with a Mission and, and it, you go on and on and I don't want to start naming because I don't want to miss one. You you feel that in your soul. But when they changed to going to these regional locations, uh, that was a, a very cool adaptation. So uh, the foundation will be up in Duluth, 
uh, Minnesota at that time. We've made some good friends up in Minnesota there doing a lot of good work in a challenging environment. And uh, they'll be doing those on those dates. I personally will not be there. I'll be uh, seeing our friends down in Imperial County, California, those dates. Oh, love that place. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> it is, you? man. I, here's here's what's funny, uh, funny about society right now. And I, I will just address the elephant in the room. You know, we don't, our purpose as an organization is is to reunify. And there's the physical sense of reunification that we teach with our, our programs, but uh, things are very divisive right now. And at the end of the day, it's funny because it doesn't really matter where you're on the spectrum on a lot of different things. Our mission is, is keeping our kids and our staff safe, right? So we right. work very hard to be a reunifying organization that goes right up to the top with John, Michael and Ellen. And, and that is not, uh, not necessarily like something that's subtle. Uh, it's just who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been so pleasantly surprised to find in every state, in every geographic region that I've ever been in, there are so many good people across this country. And it doesn't matter what state, what area, what yeah. you feel, there are people that are 100% mission driven on this. And it's super motivating, super motivating. I, I agree. I, I'm not a fan of the area. Love people, right? It's just. It's hot, man. You're going to be cold up in Minnesota. Yeah. That's relaxing. Right. But it's. No, 100%. Yeah. It's it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. It, it is, but it's a beautiful drive, and I'm going to enjoy a desert stroll through the Mojave back to our new home. <laughs> right. <laughs> Are you going to be in your new home by then? Uh, we'll be bouncing back and forth for a couple months uh, for everyone that. Uh, we've bumped into on the road. I'll be relocating from Wisconsin to the beautiful Las Vegas Valley. Uh, so I'm going to take that opportunity when I'm down in Imperial County to swing up, check on the house a little bit, and then the full-time transition will be awesome. this June. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I, I love the desert area. Uh, don't <sighs> so get me wrong. It's not but, really cool. Yeah. It's, very, it's very hot. Well, not always. Yeah. It's, either, yeah. it's one or the other. Read a book, Ethan. <laughs> Read a book. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I guess late at night, it gets really cool. Okay. Ish. Yeah. Who's yeah. a yeah. new guy? Who's a new guy that doesn't know about the desert? Desert. Yeah. I was homeschooled. Okay. So. <laughs> That's actually not an excuse. <laughs> what does that have to do with the desert climate? <laughs> You're saying talking about how I don't know things, and I said I was homeschooled. That was yeah, I'm sure it's, that it's a unsheltered joke. But yeah, you're not I that sheltered. That yeah, no kidding, no kidding. All right, thank either. you guys. Yeah, <laughs> awkward. Thank you guys. That was awesome. Thank you guys. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. And if you have any questions about what we discussed leave a comment on our website at crisisgo.com. Thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you next time on Coffee with Kelly, a discussion on school safety.